0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. The message tonight, best way I know how to put it is this. Here's the title. If you're taking notes, what does it mean spiritually to walk on water? What does it mean spiritually to walk on water? And I know that a lot of a lot of people. You know, they talk about things, goofy things, and make the Bible say things it doesn't say, and try to figure out weird things, but the Bible's the Bible, and the Bible's here to help us win. And you know, a lot of things in the Bible uh, are ways that, things that we can do, what Jesus did, but a lot of things there we need to see what he's telling us really to help us be able to win in life, because uh, God wants to raise up people that are stable and not goofy. You know, the last thing that God needs is people going around wearing the tag of Christian and be goofy people. Where people look at it and think, man, these people are weird. It's okay to be weird if you're weird in the right way for Jesus to help bring people to Jesus. Amen? So we're going to look at that in a minute. But I want to show you a couple books that I think will really help you. This here is by by Pastor Mac Hammond called uh, Understanding uh, the Movement of the Spirit, The Spirit of Sin and Knowing. The Spirit of Sin and Knowing. I'll tell you what that is in just a minute. The spirit of seeing and knowing. And then here's one my brother Hagen, how you can know the will of God. And that book there is the one that guided her and I to get married. We were seeking God about what to do, et cetera, et cetera, about really, did he really want us to get married to each other? And so anyway, God led us that book there, uh, 30, what, 36 years ago. And we got that book, we studied it with our Bibles and saw things, how to know what God wants to do personally in our lives. And that book really helped us. But we have those in the bookstore. But the spirit of sin and knowing, I kind of talked about that tonight, but kind of what that means is this, that we are spiritual people. And sometimes we see with the eyes of our spirit. And then what we see, we've got to know what to do with it. And, you know, there's lots of verses I can look at. I don't know if I will or not. But the thing is, we as Christians sometimes... Get a glimpse of things in the Spirit, especially in times of worship, times of deep fellowship, the Lord, your prayer closet, hope, your Bible, things like that. Sometimes because God in eternity knows no time. Eternity has no time. You know, God right now, where he is, God can look down, he can see creation taking place. And then God look at another screen, he can see the rapture taking place. Then God looks at another screen, he can see you being born. Then he looks at another screen, sees you dying. Sees you the day you gave your life to Jesus, etc., because He's eternal. And our spirits are eternal. So sometimes when we get in the spirit, we begin to pick up on things about our future. We begin to pick up on things. But if you're not spiritually sharp and mature in how to handle things, sometimes you jump out ahead of God. And then sometimes you see things and you don't know what to do with them. But God wants us to see things and know things. And be able to pray them out to see what to do with them. And then, of course, anything in the kingdom of God, God wants you to do, we walk by faith and not by sight. We've got to know what to do, how to step out. And so there's some things that I, I, want, to, I want to look at in the Word of God. I'm going to look at that story about Jesus walking on the water and Peter walking on water. But I've got so many things I can mix in with it that I, uh, I just want to show you something about what I just said to help you understand a little bit. Then we'll get to that story. Look at First Peter chapter 1. Amen. First Peter chapter 1. We're living, we're living in some times that God wants His people to grow up so He can show up. And so He can show off and do some things in your lives and in your families. God wants to do those things. But First Peter chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. And this passage is really good, but it kind of explains to you a little bit about what I'm talking about. As talk, Peter's talking about the Old Testament prophets prophesying of uh, the Messiah, the time to come, when God was going to raise up supernatural people through the new birth. And he says this, uh, that they were searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which is in them did signify, or what he was showing them. as says, what it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, to whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but to us they did minister the things which are now reported uh, uh, unto you, by them that have preached the gospel unto you, by the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. And so he's telling you right there that those prophets in the Old Testament, they got the glimpse in the spirit of hundreds of years ahead of time, and they saw Christ coming, but in the spirit, they thought, wow, now, is this for later? What is this? And our lives... We start to get glimpses of things sometimes. We don't know, wow, is this now, this later? And I know that... I was listening to Brother Hagin preach on a a, a thing the last couple days, and I heard Brother Hagin talking about that when he answered the call of God in his life, if he saw what all was involved, he said, wow, I don't know if I could have ever done it if I'd have seen this now, what's going on now. And so God shows us things, but he shows them what we can handle, but sometimes we look in a little closer than what we should have, and we can get ourselves in trouble, but we want to be able... To walk with God, to keep on growing, keep on expanding our influence as believers, and as ministers. Because, well, this is all over with, and we're out of here. Nothing's going to matter about how great a house you had, how great a car you had, how wonderful your 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 pension was, or any of these other things like that. Also, going to count. You're going to get to heaven. You're going to look around. You're going to say, "Man, I want to make sure my wife's here. I want to make sure my kids made it. Boy, it should be nice to see dad and mom here." Because when you get up in heaven, that's forever and ever and ever and ever. But we on earth need to walk with God in the way that God can do all he wants to do. You remember Ephesians 3.20? says he's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. It doesn't stop there. There's not a period there. It says according to the power that worketh in us. According to how much of him he lets work in us. And that's what we as believers have got to more and more do is get us out of the way so he can have his way. I want to say that again. We've got to get us out of the way so he can have his way. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to look at a couple things here that'll, that'll clarify that. We'll we look at the story of. Jesus and Peter, 2 Corinthians 5, I'll see which verse I want to look at here. Okay, uh, let's look at verse 6. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6, Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. He's talking about you, the real spirit man, spirit woman, on inside. While you're living in this body, you're not in his presence in heaven. Because you're living here right now. It says, Therefore, we are always confident in knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we ask for the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That means not by our physical eyes. We're living by faith. And <clears throat> in, in that, I'm thinking about this. You know, when I was praying to men to go as we were opened up after the worship, I said, Lord, I want to thank you. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. These eyes have never seen that book. But these eyes have seen that book. I know my name's in it. Amen. Amen. I know that when I get to heaven, I have a mansion that I'm going to live in in heaven. I'm going to walk on streets of gold. I've never seen those with these eyes. But these eyes have seen that mansion. These eyes have seen that uh, the streets of gold. These eyes have seen that river run down the center of heaven. These eyes have seen... The multitudes and multitudes of saints that are in heaven ahead of me. These eyes see grandma and grandpa up there. These eyes see other grandma and grandpa up there. These eyes see my brother up there. These eyes of mine see your loved ones that I've seen go before you. The little babies as well as the old people. They're there. That's real. Because the Bible says so. And I walk by faith and not by sight. I know. I know what's there. I know what's going to be there when I get there. But at the same time, that same Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. There's lots of things right now in our lives that God says we can do, he expects us to do, and he wants us to do. But if you get stuck in the reading looking with these eyes and shutting these eyes off, putting blinders on, you'll never do it. That's what we're talking about. God wants us to begin to see how to step out and walk in what he has for us. Then verse 8 says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And so we know that when we leave this body, we're with Jesus. Body lays down, we be with Jesus. But the thing is, he says right now that we're walking by faith, If we're with him now. We can't see him with these eyes, but he's there. And we see the... The promises, the Bible facts, the things the Bible tells us, says it's ours. And, you know, to me, one of the, one of the greatest things that I can see Pastor Dave kind of talk about tonight, that it baffles me, this absolutely baffles me, not just as a preacher, but as a Christian. How can Christians be so stupid to not tithe? That baffles me. Malachi chapter 3, God said... You bring the tithe into my storehouse. He didn't say you mail your tithe to a missionary. He didn't say you give it to the Red Cross or you help the disaster people. God said, You bring your tithe into my storehouse. said, I will open the windows of heaven for my blessing on you, not in able to receive it. He said, I will personally rebuke the devil for your sake. God said that. And so that baffles me how Christians, that's just such a simple walking by faith thing and not by sight, how Christians can say, I can't afford that. Because once they step out and do that, they're walking on spiritual water. They're walking on water into this faith world. That God says, wow, i got a new roof for you. i got a newer, newer car for you. I've got this mate for you. I've got your children taken care of. I've got you taken care of. But it takes Christians obeying the God they can't see. By the words that he speaks to him, to do it, Amen. I'm I'm sorry if that came off. Me. I didn't want that to be mean. It just baffles me the things I see the Bible says to do that Christians don't do, and it changed their life forever. So I, so I pray in Jesus' name tonight. I'm going to say something that's going to help you to be able to see something you can do to begin to walk by faith and not by sight. Let me tell you another way to say that verse. That I like to say it. The way I've said it to myself for years and years and years and years. How many know how faith comes? By hearing what? The Word of God. Romans 10:17. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And so, I like to say it this way. I, I walk by the Word, not by my senses. My senses tell me what I can't do. The Word tells me what I can do. And so I make my decisions not by my senses. But I make my decisions by the Word. So to walk by faith... Is to live by the Word, and not by sight only. You can't lay down your senses. There's things that your senses are good for. What are your senses? What you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you smell, what you fear, what 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 you feel. Uh, if you're coming down the road, and you hear a siren coming, or a big semi blowing his horn, you better stop and look around. Your senses trying to warn you something. Hey Amen. If you're in your house, you know somebody, somebody, you might say, "Hey, you smell something. You smell something burning. Hey, you smell that. Smells like something's burning. What is that? You better get and find out what it is." But also, your senses will stop you in the spiritual arena for doing what God wants you to do because your senses put fear on you about decisions you've got to make. Amen. Reasoning is good for some things, but reasoning is of the soul, not the spirit. Your, your mind is a part of your soul. And so sometimes you can reason yourself right out of why you can't get that job. You can reason yourself out self out of why you can't be healed. You can reason yourself out of why you can never marry that person that God's put on your heart. You can reason yourself out of why your kids could never go to that school. You can reason yourself out of why you can never move into that better neighborhood. Your reason will get in the way. But God says he wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. And faith is not goofy. And faith isn't blind. Faith is seeing. Faith is seeing and knowing what God has to say. And so I want to look then at Matthew chapter 14. And I think this really, really helps. And, you know, when the Lord gave me this, a matter of fact, I get to this morning early when I was up praying. Look at Matthew 14. We'll start at verse 22 in just a minute. But when I, when I wrote down the things that he gave me to write down... He told me what this is to walk on water and to walk by faith and not by sight. And here's what I wrote down. That means to step out of your comfort zone and obey God's word from the Bible and personally to you to fulfill his plan and purpose for your life. I'm going to say that that again because this is what we're going to get out of this message tonight. This is the goal for you to see how to do this. To step out of the water means this, to step out of your comfort zone and obey God's word from the Bible and personally to you. It wasn't in the Bible, thou shalt marry Janice. It wasn't in the Bible, thou shalt marry Bernie. But in our heart, he put it in our hearts. And because of obstacles of the time and things, we had to know from God that that's what he wanted to do so we could step out and walk that direction to do what God wanted us to do. God spoke that to our heart, and we had to step out by faith to be able to do that. And, you know, I think about, I was thinking about, a I'm going to finish that definition again, but I was thinking a minute ago about some people today in modern times that God said, for example, back in the book of the beginning of Genesis, he said he wants mankind to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. And modern day Christians try to figure out. By money, if they could afford to start a family. When God said, Do it. They try to figure, Can we afford another baby? Maybe you can't, but God can. Amen. He's the one that said it. And that's a word from God that He's never taken away. God wants people to get married and to have babies. God said, Populate the earth. And can I tell you what a better world this would be right now if we had more Christian than we did other people right now? If the Christians start obeying the Bible and having some babies, wow! Boy, what a bunny trail that was. Baby dedications next year, nine months from now. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And so this step that you get means to step out of your comfort zone and obey God's word for the Bible and personally to you. Why? So He can fulfill His plan and purpose for your life. So God can fulfill. His plan and purpose for your life. And I like that testimony a while ago so good that we're all his favorites. He loves us all special. And, you know, I was thinking about, I was talking to Elijah a while ago. Talking talked to Elijah a while ago. I, I, I appreciate Pastor Dave's teaching this morning. You know, Elijah now... He's starting off in life as a man and, and stepping out in the world, stuff like that. He's very intelligent. Graduated with, he's probably got super duper IQ, about 10 times smarter than mine. But, but anyway, he's, he's a pretty smart kid. Right now, he's washing dishes at a restaurant down the hill. And, you know, you've got to start somewhere. But the thing about that, Pastor Dave preached this morning. He started off 15 years old frying chicken at a fast food down in Martinsville, Indiana. And man, his next promotion was big. He got to go to our Carls Jr. there, it's called Hardy's there, Carl Jr. making biscuits. But he really got promoted. But the whole thing was he had to start somewhere to fulfill God's plan of purpose for his life. He started where he was, but he didn't camp out there. He kept on going where he was going, and because he was faithful where he started, he got to go up the ladder a little bit, man. Got to make a biscuit, probably probably worked his way up to a dollar ten an hour, or something whatever they paid back then. I don't know. But anyway, he, he five seventy five. That's not fair. My first full time job was like seventy five cents an hour. Well, that back JFK days. somebody said who's JFK? Well, read your history books. He was a president a few years ago. Okay, but what I'm saying, you've got to see yourself starting somewhere. What God has you do in life. God has a plan. God has a purpose as the whole thing. Nobody's too stupid. Nobody's too smart. Well, the people might be too smart because some of the smart people think too smart for God. But people, people no matter what your, what your education level is, no matter where your family started off at, God knows you. There's people in your realm of influence. If you're a college professor... Or if you work at the car wash, whatever you do, there's sinners around you. And they need to hear the gospel. And God, God is not going to leave you where you are, but God wants you to be faithful where you are so he can keep on hooking you up with people, connecting you to people. And the good news is, when you're following God, you are going to keep on moving up the ladder. You're going to keep prospering. Things are going to get better and better while you're following him because God doesn't want you broke. Amen. He's going to prosper you. So I want you to look at this story right here. And it's so good. Matthew fourteen, verse twenty-two, it says, In straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him, to the other side, where he sent the volatiles away. And so Jesus has a bunch of people they've been feeding, like five thousand men, women, besides the, the women and children, it says in verse twenty-one. And so why Jesus is getting the crowd taken care of. They had another ministry assignment to go to. So he told the disciples, you guys go ahead and get on the ship. I'll catch you later. And by the way, they didn't have helicopters. How do you catch a ship without a helicopter? Okay. And so he sent them away. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, the middle of the sea, tossed with waves for the wind was contrary. At the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Why did he have to walk on the sea to get there? Because he had to catch a ship. They didn't have helicopters. He saw himself for his divine destination, stepping out to get to where he had to go to his next place of ministry. Amen. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying "It's a Spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be a good cheer, it's I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Jesus spoke a word to him. And Can you imagine that when Jesus spoke, it had faith in it? Well, Jesus speaks to our hearts today. Jesus might tell you, go put that application in. You know, I think about Uh, Donnie the contractor might say, go put that bid in again. Go do that bid. When Jesus speaks to your heart, whatever it is, it's up to us if we're going to take the chance, if we're going to step out on it. And And so Jesus, when he lived on the earth, he defied the laws of nature over and over and over and over again. Not just to do things so we'd have... Bible stories in modern times, he did things in following the plan of God to get from place to place with what God called him to do. Jesus didn't have the mental blocks about why he couldn't do things. You know, as you study the Gospel of John, over and over and over and over again, Jesus said words like this. He said, I only do what I see my Father do. He said, I only speak what I hear my Father say. Jesus said, Me and my Father are one. I do what He tells me to do. And when you read John chapter 17, that's the longest prayer in the Bible, probably, when Jesus prayed that whole chapter, of John 17. But over and over, Jesus prayed these words. He said, Lord, I pray that those that follow me will become one with me, like I'm with you, that we'll become one together. Me and them, you and me, we and them, they and us. He's talking about us. He wanted us to begin to walk one with him in the spirit so that we can say, I do what I see my father do. And, you know, I'll give you an example. I was at the ball game, uh, what, Monday night at the ballpark, and one of, one, of, one of our ladies in the church had serious shoulder surgery about, what, a year ago? Longer than maybe, I don't know, really athletic lady in the church, and uh, been having trouble, was a little bit better, so she thought she was going to go play. So she got the ball game to play on Monday night, at the first inning, she's talking about, oh boy, oh boy, what I do, what'd I do? And she's over there standing, trying to get her stuff moving, and I'm sitting in the bleachers over here, and here's the spirit of seeing and knowing, what I saw my father do, spirit of seeing and knowing. I saw her over there by the first base dugout, and I just kept seeing myself going over and laying hands on her shoulder. Well, that's always a nice thing to pray, but when God shows you praying for somebody, it's a more nicer thing. So I walked over to her. I said, let me lay my hand on your shoulder. As soon as I laid my hand on her shoulder, it lit up with fire. I mean, it was hot. Like that. And I told her, I said, did you feel that? I said, yeah, I felt that. I said, that was the power of God. I said, you just really, really got an ejection. And I said, I want to tell you something. God just did something for you, not just for this ball game. But I said, you hold on to that. The words out of your mouth. I said, you keep thanking Him for it every day. You thank Him, if the devil tries to bring things back on you to tell you that uh, you know that you still got what you had. I said, you thank God that uh, He healed you. Anyway, was it next time in service. Well, she was in service Wednesday night. She comes Wednesday night. She gave the testimony that she played that night and said it felt like she had a new shoulder said everything was all gone everything else Said mattered it hadn't felt like that since she had that trouble a year ago and what I'm saying is this I stepped out on some spiritual water to do what God wanted me to do I left the bleachers I went to the playing field walked up to a player I laid my hand on her shoulder and what I did I showed up God showed up healing showed up the woman got healed that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to see and to do what we see ourselves doing. That is in line with the Word of God. That's in line with the Word of God. And so, and so uh, that's, fulfilling. that's fulfilling my ministry of healing, but fulfilling the ministry for her and being able to do the person she's supposed to be because she's, she's been a trainer in things and physical things. And she needs to do what God wants her to do to be able to help people, amen, to be a blessing. And so Jesus, it fulfilled divine destiny, he stepped out of his comfort zone and began to walk on water. And so once you notice in verse uh, what is it, verse uh, twenty-eight again, that Peter answered, If it's you, tell me to come on out. And he said, Come, and so Peter came down out of the water and he began to walk began to walk water. Peter was a serious follower of Jesus. How about you? I want to say this again. Peter was a serious follower of Jesus. How about you? You know, what does Jesus put in your heart to do? You need to do it. I want you to hold your place and look at a couple of verses here. Because Peter stepped out in faith at the words of Jesus. Jesus was there and just spoke one word come. And so there was enough faith in that word... That when Jesus stepped out of that word, he walked on top of the water too. When he stepped out of that word from Jesus. And so look at John chapter 14, verse 12. John 14, verse 12. I don't know about you, but I take Jesus at his word. I have for over 37 years. taken Jesus at his word and believe that if if he said it, he meant it. If he said it to me, I can do it. John 14, verse 12, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. Well, in my Bible, <clears throat> I circled that, my red pen put yellow to it, he that believeth on me. And right beside it, I wrote these words This means me because I believe on Jesus. This means me because I believe on Jesus. So, Jesus, I knew when I saw that expression there that he that believeth on me, I thought, wow, he's getting ready to talk to me. He's not just talking to some Jewish people then. He's talking to me because Jesus said, he that believeth on me. And I like the no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And so Jesus said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall I do, because I go unto my Father. And so Jesus said that as believers, we should do what he did. And he said even greater. And you know, I think about that Matthew 14, what we're looking at. He just got through feeding 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. And so I know we as believers have to know there's some supernatural things God wants to do through us even yet that we haven't done yet. But I want to say it again. That God doesn't have us do things just to be goofy. God has us do things to fulfill his plan and purpose for mankind. And so also look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I think about Peter. Peter walked with Jesus, but we've got his words written down here that we can look at and read and feed our souls on every day To build our strength and our faith up. But Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. Paul said this. I can do all things through Christ. Which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now think about Ivana again. What a testimony. That's not that girl doing that of her own self. That's Christ in her. Strengthening her to minister out to other people that are having a problem with things going on right now in life. That's Christ in her. I can do all things through Christ, what strengthens me. I never, ever, ever, since I've seen verses like this over probably 36 years ago, I think it started to resonate with me. I've been born again over 37 years. I've never, ever said, I can't do that. I've never said, that's impossible. I can't do that. Because I see verses like that. If the Bible says, Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Then I know my strength is going to come from Him. And I can walk in the strength of the Lord. There's so many verses of the Bible that say things like Ephesians six ten. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. There's nothing impossible. Mark nine twenty three says, All things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to him that believeth. As so I talk about our lives, God wants us as the believers to take the brakes off. He wants us to get the doubt out of the way. He wants us to be able, if we put transmissions and clutches in big vehicles, to be able to play the full seven innings, or however many innings it was you played, at 45, 50 years old, and be able to get up the next day, and that's your income, that's where your tithe comes from, to be able to say, I can put this transmission in in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And in Jesus' name, this thing's going to go in here just right. And you know, I think about somebody else. Was it, was it Austin the other day talking about a, yeah, it was your wife gave the testimony the other day. He's, he, do you ever hear the song, I've been working on the railroad? Well, that's that's his theme song now. <laughs> but, some kind of a thing that, I don't know what it was, Katie gave testimony the other night, some kind of a problem they had to solve for something to do on the railroad, he prayed. He asked the Lord and immediately saw what to do. And they got the problem solved for the railroad. And that's what we're talking about, is that we can see things and know things from God if we'll believe him. Amen. Amen. And so Peter was a serious follower of Jesus, and so he believed he could do all things through Christ, which strengthened him. He believed that if Jesus walked on water, he could walk on water. Because Jesus said the works that he did, but he do also. And look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And what am I doing right now? I've given you some words from the Bible to give you faith to do what God wants you to do at this time of your life. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, says, You are of God, little children, have overcome them. Have overcome who? Any demon spirit that try to stop you in life. Any kind of obstacle to try to hold you back or make you poor, sick, broke, break up your family. Whatever's coming against you in life, it says the greater one lives in you. It says greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You've got to see yourself walking by faith and not by sight. You're no longer just a person. You're a supernatural human being. You're born again with a brand new nature from God. The same Holy Ghost that anointed Jesus is the same Holy Ghost that's anointed you. There's not two different Holy Ghosts. Jesus didn't have one Holy Ghost. You've got another. It's the same Holy Ghost. Jesus said in John chapter 14, 15, 16, did a lot of teaching on that. He said, when I go to the Father, said I'm sending you the Comforter. And said, I'm going to send you what I've got. But until I go and get resurrected, I can't send him. I've got to go first. When I go, I'll send him. And so then, all around the world, we're called Christians because we're little Christ-like ones. He's Christ, but we're Christ-like ones. And so, and by the way, Christ wasn't his last name. Christ was who he was, the Messiah. And Christ comes the Greek word, Christos. It means anointing. And so... Christ was the anointed one, and you read different passages there, when the demons cried out Jesus said, we know who you are, you're the anointed one. Well, see, when the devil sees us, he sees that anointing too, but he tries to get us to block it so it doesn't work in our lives. And so greater is he, the Holy Ghost that anointed Jesus, is the Holy Ghost that's in us, anoints us, than he that's in the world. And so we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. And there it is again, we can do all things through the anointed one. His anointing would strengthen us. We've got to see that. There's things out there that God wants you to do that your head tells you you can't do. Amen. You've got to start, you've got to start living out of your spirit and not out of your head. You could use your head to figure out some things. You've got to figure out in life what to do sometimes. But for doing what God wants you to do, you've got to become more conscious of this inside. Than you are this on the outside. You've got to get a hold of this, what's going on. And that's what we want to show you what to do, some things, to begin, begin to walk by faith and not by sight, to step out and walk on some water. And so we must get God's word, words like these verses look like that I looked at tonight, into your thinking process. You've got to start thinking. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You've got to start thinking. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You've got to start thinking, in the name of Jesus, I can do what Jesus did because Jesus said I can. I can do what he did. And so uh, we've got to get these in our thinking that we're supernatural people because of Jesus inside of us. And, you know, I, I think about some things that people do, that they think faith. I was thinking about this a while ago. I've seen so many Christians. I think I praise God for things like the Dave Ramsey class that we teach at the church. Now. I've had it going for a few years. I've seen so many Christians hear people give testimonies about new cars or new things and this like that, and think, well, I'm going to step out by faith, and I'm going to sign this big loan paper. That's not faith. That's stupid. You know, if you sign that big loan paper, or you got that credit card, and you think, man, I'm going to buy this, I need it now. Boy, that is faith. And you know what? You've got great joy in your testimony of what, quote, God blessed me with, Until that payment shows up. And then when that payment shows up, and you don't make that first payment because you thought, well, it's either food or pay for this. Well, all of a sudden, that blessing God blessed you with, not a blessing anymore. That's not faith. It's not faith. It's not faith to throw your pills away. It's not faith to step on your glasses to try to make God do something for you. God is not going to do something for you because you think you're going to force his hand. It's faith when God puts things in your heart from his word that's in line with his word that you begin to step out in that direction, head that direction that God has you to do. It's not faith to have a perfectly good job. And I walk away from that job into the unknown of something that's not going to take care of your family unless you've walked with God long enough that you know his spirit in your heart with his word is going to be there. Amen? And so I want to look at this story here now. Of Peter walked on the water. Go back to Matthew chapter 14. And so he said in verse 29, Jesus told him to come. And when Peter was come down out of the water, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And so I want you to stop about this picture. Man, when I look at this here. I'm thinking about this, how this was genuine, bonafide, God-faith. Have you ever tried to walk on water? You don't walk. You go down. It says Peter was actually walking on top of that water. Jesus did, and the works that Jesus did, Peter was doing also. He was actually walking on the water. And I've seen Christians so many times step out of their comfort zone and walk it on the water in life, just like Peter did. You know, I, I was thinking about us. I know that I saw myself probably, whoa, man, way back in the early 90s. We stepped out so far of the water into ministry, walking away from natural ties of income and things like that, that I knew that I was getting out further and further in life the farther I got away. Uh, I've been a teamster since 1969. And in 1992, after we were pioneering our church of pastoring, we pioneered a church in a little bitty bitty hillbilly town. And not a lot going on, but we were doing pretty well. And God told me to step out of the board of that teamster's pension and that job and walk away. But I've walked with the Lord since 1980, so I knew His Spirit. I knew His voice. I knew the Word of God. And our church was starting to do pretty well. But I'll tell you what, that was walking by some faith. That was walking on some water to walk into that office and tell them, I'm quitting next week because I'm pastor now. That's what I'm going to do. And to do that. And then to get out there because if God wasn't there holding me up, my wife and all of our children were going to be in trouble. So we stepped out there by faith and praised God. God held us up. But we were walking on water and then each phase of the way over time, when God had us, when God had us, to pack everything up from Indiana and put it in one truck and drive to California, we thought, wow, we're getting further out all the time. We're out here walking on water. We're walking by faith and not by sight because we were following what God had for us. But we were stepping out of our comfort zone. Each step of the way, it was stepping away from security in the natural, stepping away from comfort. But I want to say it again. It wasn't flaky. It wasn't stupid. We were walking close with God. We wasn't, we wasn't playing goofy R-rated movie things all day long. And then showing up at church on Sunday It said God's here. We walked with Jesus on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we showed up on Sunday. We didn't have to put on a different face. We were the same all the time. So we were walking with him. And God was with us through the whole thing. And that's what God wants me to get to you tonight. He wants you to see what your next step is. And be able to take that step knowing you're not doing something to try to make God do something. You're doing something because God's leading you to do something. But you've got to take the step. And so then says Peter then, he's walking on the water. And then I want you to notice this, verse 30. But when he saw, uh uh-oh, he's getting in the sense realm, seeing is part of your senses. But when he saw the wind boasters, he was afraid. Uh-oh. He got out of faith into fear. Senses brought fear. And he began to sink. Now listen. I want you to look at that verse, what he said. Has anybody here ever jumped in water off a diving board off the edge of the bank? Do you begin to sink or do you sink? How do you begin to sink? Now, get this picture, how real this is. This guy's walking on it, and then all of a sudden, he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he looked at what was really going on, all of a sudden, he said, Oh, man, what am I doing out here? And he didn't just drop like a rock. I could see a slow-motion cartoon type thing. You ever seen the cartoons? they walk walking out there doing stuff, and all of a sudden, they run off a cliff, and all of a sudden, they stand in the air. Then they start going, here's Peter, he's actually doing it. He's walking by faith, not by sight. He's actually out there walking on the water. And then he took his eyes off the one that told him he could walk on water. Then he began to look at all the reasons why he couldn't walk on water. And then instead of going down, slow motion took over. That's what happens to Christians they hear a word from Jesus. You can step out for this new job. You can make it by going this direction. You can do what I told you to do. You step out for this ministry. And so then they've got their hearts swelled up with faith. And then they get out there and the devil throws a little bit of wind around them, a distraction. And they begin to look at it. Well, you know what? When we started doing this... We didn't figure this. Man, we didn't know these boys were going to get bigger and eat that much. Man, we didn't know Annie's going to be a teenager and have to have all these girl stuffs. We didn't know that we stepped out. Man, we didn't know the church was going to grow. It was going to have to have a bigger building pay more for lights and pay more for the stuff. We didn't know that. No, each step of the way, we kept our eyes on the one that told us, I want you to pastor. We kept our eyes on the one that told us that, hey, you'd be fruitful and modified. You have all those babies. I'll take care of those babies. We didn't take our eyes off because when the bills begin to come sometimes, that was like the wind blowing. What are you doing out here? Well, I can always go back to a truck. I think about all the times I was so tempted when the wind blew to quit walking on spiritual water and go back and let God take care of the church. But I knew I always had to get back the one that told me I could walk on water. And that's what I'm telling about you. If you're stepping out in things God wants you to do, you've got to keep your eyes on one that told you to do it. Yeah. you get get to look at the circumstances. The devil's the one that'll throw you circumstances. You're the one that's got to overcome the circumstances. You're the one that's got to find out what Jesus had to do to stay walking in the water. Amen. And so I, w- I want you to see this again. That Peter began to walk on the water... But then he saw, he started looking around at all the reasons why he couldn't walk on water. All the reasons why your business isn't going to make it. All the reasons why you can't keep that house. All the reasons on this job. Well, I think, about, think about Joshua. Man, I'll tell you, think about this. This is a miracle on Joshua's life, on his job. Josh works for a big company. That's, that's a world, world, worldwide country, company. You guys all heard of the company and everything like that. But anyway, long story short, how many know the last few years, all this downsizing of jobs and overseeing jobs, letting other people in other countries do our jobs? And I was joking with Julius the other day. He was talking about over in India how they don't have Internet and all that kind of stuff. I said, yeah, but I've had trouble with my Internet, and I call, how come I talk to you Indies in India? Yeah. Well, you don't have it, but we got it, but you got our jobs. And I wasn't being mean or... Anything like that. He told me one time when he was staying in a hotel in India at the airport for went back to his town, said he had trouble with his whatever he was doing on his charge card stuff. And so he called the American number and then he talked to an Indian because he recognized the accent. And he said, look at the building across the way because he knows technology things in India. He said, let me ask you something. I just called this number, it's supposed to be in Oklahoma wherever it was but are you in such and such a building in such and such city? And he said, yeah. He said, I'm looking at your building right now from where I am. <laughs> but he's called he's called an American number, American card, but they had it. And so Joshua, on his job, he started off in Denver, Colorado with it. Then the Lord sent him to California. I call him the CEO of this company. He's the CEO of Barstow for this branch. And so in his job there, where he is, lots of people, since he's, left there have lost their jobs, but the company's still worldwide and growing because they've downsized the jobs and sent them everywhere, but taken away the American jobs. And so the last couple years, people have lost the jobs. And so the part of the job he does, he does at home now, computer stuff, all that kind of stuff there, they said, well, we're going to get rid of your job too. So they wanted him to train his replacements. So the process of training the replacements, he got a couple, two or three really big accounts ...international accounts, and the people said, if you get rid of Joshua, we're getting rid of you, because you've tried other people. Nobody handles his account like he does. And so, out of all those hundreds of people that lost their jobs at the Denver office, they have very few left. Joshua's still got his job. He's very secure at his job. But he walked on water to walk out to here to obey God, to ask those people whether they're getting rid of jobs hey, can I keep my job? God wants me to go to California. Can I keep my job and work for home? So he does that. But if all these things went around and around him, it would be so easy to quit and to bail out and say, well, I better get another job in California. I don't like this one. But God said, hey, I'm bigger than your multi-trillion dollar corporation. I'm bigger, and I'll speak to those people in all those foreign offices, and I'll tell them that they're going to lose billions if they get rid of this one guy in Barstow. Amen. That's true. That's how it works. And so you see then that, that, that Peter, it says Peter then was afraid and he cried out. And of course, Jesus is always right there. And it says that Jesus then uh, reached, stretched out his hand, caught him said, O thou, little wherefore, where, well wherefore, didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. I want to look at another passage here to help you then of what to do when you step out in faith. You get out of your comfort zone and you're out there and the challenges come. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. What you've got to do when the challenges come. Now, you know something, we're going to look at verse 1 and verse 2. Something we've got to always Always, always realize, in the spiritual arena, there's not just God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the angels. There's demons, the devil, Satan. There's spirits out there that are are opposed to us. They don't want us doing what God wants us to do. And we're in a spiritual warfare. And, you know, we don't go around looking for demons behind every rock, but they are behind every rock. But we don't get so devil-focused that we become less Jesus-focused. But we don't ignore him either. We don't ignore him either. So many Christians start walking on water because Jesus put in their hearts what to do. Leave your comfort zone and move to this city. Leave your comfort zone and start this business. Leave your comfort zone and take this other job. Leave your comfort zone and marry this person. Leave your comfort zone and get this better house. Leave your comfort zone and do this. And when Jesus speaks that to your heart, and you're a serious Christian, you know it, then immediately the devil sends out his agents. They try to blow those winds against you. You see the winds. You see the waves. And then you begin to reason. What was I thinking? Well, there's your trouble right there. You got to thinking. And when you got to thinking and you got to reasoning, you begin to leave the faith zone. And you got back into the physical arena. And when you got to the physical arena, you begin to take your eyes off of Jesus. And then, now listen to this. You know, a while ago I pointed that out about it, says Peter began to sink. Your life doesn't just crash in one day then all of a sudden because you got fear on you. All of a sudden, you begin to sink in what it is you're doing for Jesus, what you trust him for. You don't just all of a sudden, man, one day, Wow. All over, no, you start going down slowly. And you've got to get your eyes back on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed or surrounded about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You notice there? That he said, less side weights and less side sin. Well, see, there's some things that aren't necessarily sin, but they're weights. They slow you down. They're time stealers. You know, I know that for me, about three years ago, I said in a missions conference up in Visalia. And just the pastor, well, it the, wasn't, the wasn't the pastor there. He's a pastor in Ohio. Or no, no actually Pastor Gatlin. He was preaching. And just while he was preaching, whatever he was talking about, I got convicted about the Facebook app on my, on, my, on my iPhone. I got convicted about the Fox News app on my iPhone. And so I took them off my iPhone. I thought, Man, these things are weights. They're there all the time. And all I have to do just punch that Facebook thing up. I've lost a half hour, 45 minutes an hour, just stupid stuff, trying to find something. I didn't find it. wasn't there. Or I look at the Fox News thing, alerts come across my phone. And see, I thought, wow, I want to read that. And I go there. And next thing I know, man, I've lost another hour just off stupid stuff. And I thought, man, the only way to deal with this temptation is to get rid of it. So I took those off my telephone, off my iPhone, and they're not there anymore. That had been three years ago because they were weights. They weren't necessarily sin, but they were weights. They were slowing me down. They were weighing me down and stealing my time so I couldn't be effective. And I, I look at Facebook sometimes, but it's not on my phone like that. And sometimes I see what's going on in the news, but not like that. They're slowing me down. So we as believers have to know to keep our eyes on Jesus, not to begin to sink. There's some things sometimes we have to make adjustments, have to make changes. And so you need to look at your lives. You need to look at your lives, what's going on, because it took time with the Lord. If you stepped out on something for God right now, if you stepped out, it took time with the Lord to see yourself stepping out. So that you're out there. If you're getting distracted off of things out there, pulling your vision off of him, you're going to begin to sink. So you have to find out what it is that you're time stealers. And, of course, the sin, that's self-explanatory. You're getting into sin, then you're missing it anyway and you're in trouble. It says lay them down, but then look at the next verse. Here's what I want you to see in the closing right here. You lay those things aside so you can run your race with patience. That means your life. That means your walk. That means the calling God has on you with patience. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. And so the Lord said this to me years and years and years ago. I wrote up my Bible right beside this verse. And every time I get a new Bible, I transfer it to my next Bible. It said, looking unto Jesus. He said these words to me just like this. And so this is how I always say them back is this. He said, to keep your eyes on Jesus is to keep your eyes on the Word. Keep your eyes on the Word, it's keep your eyes on Jesus. As long as you're looking at Bible verses that'll strengthen you, Bible verses that'll give you wisdom, Bible verses that'll give you faith, Bible verses that'll tell you you can win, Bible verses that'll tell you how to resist the devil, Bible verses that'll help you stay walking on that water wherever you're at in life right now. As long as you're looking at those Bible verses... I'm not talking about on occasion. I'm talking about every day. Every day. The devil every day is throwing the waves at you. Every day he's blowing at you, trying to blow your house down. You've got to every day have some Bible verses. You know, that doesn't mean you spend 16 hours a day in the Bible, but at least have some kind of a Bible thing you do. Put verses on cards. Put verses on your phone. Do something every day, every day. As something happens, you get busy with life and you miss a few days. Don't kick yourself down and just trash talk yourself. Just pick yourself back up and get your eyes back on Jesus again. Jesus looked at Peter, said, come. Peter came. He began to sink. He cried out. Jesus said, come on, Peter. I'll help you. Let's get going. And so you in life have to know. To walk on water is not some mystical, spooky thing to give people jokes about. To walk on water. And by the way... If you need to walk on water and get on a boat, you can walk on water and get in the boat because Jesus said you could. He said that you could do the works that he did. Another human being did it. His name was Peter. If Peter did it because Jesus said it, you can do it too, so I'm not throwing that part away. You can walk on water. You can walk through thin air if you have to. Whatever you have to do to do what God wants you to do, you can do it, so I'm not throwing that part away. But symbolically for what we're talking about is to walk on water means you leave your comfort zone. You step out into the future God has for you. At any time you step into the future, you're stepping into the unknown. When we left Indiana to come to California, it was the unknown. To us. We'd never been to California. We knew nothing about any California. That was the unknown. And in the natural, it was very fearful to us, to tell you the truth. It was fearful to leave where we'd been all of our lives to come out here. But we knew our eyes are on Jesus. He sent us to California And so over the course of time, we've stayed out here walking by faith because our eyes are right on Him. So where you are right now, two thoughts to leave with you. Number one, if you know you're already in a place in life where you've already stepped out and you know you're out here that if God doesn't hold you up, you're going to sink. The same God that led you to where you are right now, the decisions you made, keep your eyes on His Word for what He gave you. And that will keep you walking on the water. Number two... If you're in a place in life right now where you know you're at a crossroads, you've got decisions going on in life, you've got to make a choice, pray, look at the Bible, find out from the Bible strength you need, step out in what God's put in your heart to do when you know it's God. And if you're married, it's best to have both of you working together in it. If you're both believers, you look together what the Bible has to say. You pray in faith. And then when you step out, keep your eyes on the same Jesus that told you to step out. And when you do that, God will hold you up. Amen. And so that's what the Bible means spiritually, to walk on water. You leave your comfort zone, step out into what God has for you. Does this help anybody? Amen. Amen. I hope it did. I hope it did. Thank you for listening to this podcast.